Who dat? And welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We'd like to thank you for tuning in and supporting us on the last episode regarding the 2017 to 2018 New Orleans Saints season. It's a big show, and we are going to have a lot of fun with two amazing guests. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, guys, and who dat, everybody? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond, as always. So despite the heartbreak at the very end with our season, the way it ended, this season was really fun. We had a a lot of highs, we had a lot of lows, and we've got some great faces here tonight to help us kick it off and review everything as a whole. So let's start off with our first guest, shall we? So, hailing from the great state of Louisiana, winging in with five pounds of Saints gear on his back. He's mean. He's clean. He's a Falcons fan, playing machine. Please, everyone, give a warm welcome to, and a huge hoot at to Mark George. Woo! Welcome to the show, Mark. <laughs> I up, appreciate Mark? it, guys. Yeah, thank y'all for having me for the third time, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And for the fans. Yeah, number That's three. what I'm talking about. Number three. I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's episode it, number three for, for Mark. Uh, yeah, how you been? Uh People can follow you on Twitter at M underscore George five, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the showtime. Yeah, <laughs> but I've been good, man. I'm still recovering from you, you know what, but oh yeah, you know, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna name it. It's Lord yeah. Voldemort now. That that game is Lord Voldemort. <laughs> um, all right, with us as well, joining us from right below the Mason Dixon line, weighing in at thirty four thousand one hundred tweets and counting. He's savage, savvy, sophisticated, Saints Bloodfield, and Ian Rappaport's biggest hater. Everyone, please welcome and give a big hoot at to Charlie Pollock. Charlie, how's it going, man? <laughs> that was great. Man. That was good. I had to get the Ian Rappaport part. That it was, was going pretty good, and then I got that that intro. Now it's going yeah, absolutely yeah. fantastic. <laughs> well, Char- Charlie, how you been, man? Good, man. Same old, same. Yeah. I'm in Mark's boat, still getting over this, but oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty much there. I'm there. You know, it sucks. This is never gonna go away, but right. I'm good enough, I'd say. Yeah, and I, I, my theory is, and we'll get to this probably later. Saints able to win a Super Bowl next year. I feel like that this game's like the market leaves on us just just totally depletes if the Saints are able to bounce back within at least the next couple of years. But you're right, it's gonna stay for us forever. And until we win a bigger game than that, it's just gonna keep stinging, and it sucks that it had to be yep. that way. Uh, but that's okay. We're here to reflect on both the negative and the positive in this episode. Before we get into the Saints season, uh, let's go over what's been happening since the last episode. Uh, obviously, the Pro Bowl happened. Um, we'll get to the Super Bowl in a second. That's the biggest. But yeah, the Drew Brees' sons happened on the sideline. That's that's also what happened. But <laughs> Pro Bowl, seven Saints ended up playing on offense. You had Drew Brees at quarterback. You had Larry Warford at on the offensive line. You had uh, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram in the, in the uh, backfield. You had Michael Thomas out as wide receiver. And then you also had Marshawn Lattimore and Cameron Jordan um, on defense. Obviously, Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore, both rookies and still looking to get their Rookie of the Year awards. Uh, we'll have to wait a little bit um, to officially see if, if they won the awards. Uh, did you guys end up catching the Pro Bowl at all? I feel like it, this game was a little bit better than, than ones in the past. It was a little bit more entertaining. But it was still, you know, same old, same old NFL Pro Bowl. You guys happen to catch it? Yeah, I saw it. It's funny. The AFC made a last-second comeback and won the game. Yeah. But um, I, I really wish uh, Drew Brees would have played more. You know, I would love to see him um, uh, get one last win. But how crazy is it that Sean Payton now is 0-2 coaching the Pro Bowl? Can you believe that? He's 0-2 right. in his last two games of the season. 
Yeah, that was crazy. That that wasn't expected, I can say that. I mean, you know, like when the season started, I, I doubt anyone uh, predicted that. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I watched. I, I didn't. I didn't catch a lot. I mean, I watched the first. I mean, obviously, I wanted to see the Breeze Drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all that, but I, mean, I watched most of it. I did see the Breeze Boys uh, throwing each other around on the yeah. sidelines. I saw that live. Yeah. That was World awesome. star. I was, World star. I was thinking like this is definitely going to be all over the internet in like three yeah. seconds. Oh, and then boy, boom! Boy. That was the most physical part of the game too. And on that easily. <laughs> He just uh, laid him out. He was done with the interview and it was just like, boom, yep. just laid his little brother out. That was awesome. Yeah. Man, that house must be wild. It's got to be so fun. His wife was complaining, too. That's why <laughs> Drew uh, had his kids sign up for the Pro Bowl yeah. in the first place. Uh, Brittany apparently texted Drew while he was um, you know, getting ready for the Pro Bowl. She's like, I can't take your kids. So he had to think of something. <laughs> and luckily, he did. That's crazy. Uh, one other thing I want to mention, uh, I, this this concerns Charlie a little bit more than it does us because he, he lives right next to the team. Uh, Washington Redskins traded for soon-to-be 34-year-old Alex Smith. So Smith and his 16 prior concussions uh, and I think like <laughs> zero or one playoff wins, however many he has. Going over to the Redskins, Kirk Cousins. He has one versus us, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he oh, has man. one at least. Well, was yeah. he even the well? I guess as a starter, was he even a starter in yeah. that game? Yeah, yeah, uh, man. That yeah. was the 2011 right. heartbreaker, right. which yeah. I think was. I think that that win was bigger than the than than the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I had agree. that discussion Last with uh, with some guys on Twitter. Uh, I think the the loss, like the the way we lost, was more hurt more in that game. But yeah. the total impact of that 2011 yeah. game was worth mm-hmm. because. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind that we were the best team in the league at that point. Hands down. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. So I think that uh, that, that one hurt me more. Like I said, the way yeah. we lost was just terrible in that, that game against Minnesota. But all together, that 2011 loss was worse. Yeah, Absolutely. Was and then when you think about what happened shortly after, right? Right. Like, right. we lose the game, so we're all in complete remorse. And then next thing you know, a couple months later, yeah. Roger Goodell lays the hammer. Right. Yeah. And then – then starts the you know the the Bang downward spiral with right. 2013 being you know an, an anomaly in that an that outlier yeah. yeah yeah crazy yeah. times that doesn't feel like that was that feels like that was a couple years ago that's almost oh man six, me and my buddies were straight ago. to the bar after that game because I didn't have kids <laughs> don't yet. blame you oh, yeah right but as far as the Alex Smith trade I'll talk about that a little yeah. bit because I am Third right here pick in Kendall Fuller. Do you think that was fair? Yeah, so I'd say, like, okay, so half the people I talk to about it up here are happy and the other half are kind of mad. The people that are mad see the value in Fuller in that he he's versatile enough to be a lockdown slot corner, but he can also kick outside. Um, and the draft compensation is not that much. It's a wash. Uh, and, and basically – the other half of the people, um, they like it because they saw the writing on the wall. I mean, if you're if you're really paying attention to this thing, there's no way Kurt was going to be back. He didn't even counteroffer when they offered him in the beginning or to begin with last spring. He just left yeah. it alone, and that that right there should have told everybody, Kurt doesn't want to be back. This should have been handled two three years ago. And if I'm a Redskins fan, I'm happy with the trade because Alex Smith is a winner. He's not going to turn the ball over and. You can get a young guy, and he can, and he be he gladly coach him, he or you know coach him up. He did it with Pat uh, Patrick Mahomes. He'll do it to the next guy here. Yeah, right. that's, that's gonna be interesting to see. What do you think, Mark? I, I I like the trade for um for Washington. 
like uh, Charlie said, he Kirk did, obviously didn't want to be there. Um, so it's now I got a question: How how would it have worked if they would have franchised Kirk, or I'm, I'm sure that well, they they still can, but franchise tag him and then try to trade him? It would be tough million. because uh, yeah, that thirty four yeah, million dollars. Yeah, you could but you could you... you could franchise him, but then <laughs> my guess is that you're not going to trade him unless. Um, I mean, there's a possibility you could trade him, hoping that whoever the trade partner is has a a new framework for a new contract in in agreement when they make the trade. Because if if not, you got like sixty million dollars of cap for quarterback. Well, yeah, that's that's what I'm what I'm what I mean by it. Um, Like you know, maybe somebody wants to somebody wants Alex Smith, obviously. You know, you look at even Cleveland; um, they have the cap space to 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 work out a long term deal with him. Yeah. So maybe something like that can work. I mean, if they they can let him walk for nothing, I guess if they you know if that what it comes down to. But I would look into trying to get a trade with someone like Cleveland to try to get something out of it. I read you know, that uh, but, the Redskins and Kirk haven't even spoken anything mm-hmm. since the last. I mean, like you said, the writing yeah. was on the wall. He didn't yeah, want to be over. there. Yeah, he probably didn't want. He didn't want to be there this year. I'm sure he didn't want to be there the first year. He was franchise <laughs> tag. So it, that's what I don't like about the franchise tag. Like yeah. it just forces people to. To be somewhere that they don't want to be in. Yeah. I, I can't think of one time it turned out to be a good situation. Where, like, you know, that, that person. We tagged turned. Breeze. We tagged Breeze during happened. the lockout, right? And yeah. Then, but I believe it ended it was. up turning into a long term deal. I'm it was say, like, but we worked out a deal. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. What, usually stupid. when you see somebody get tagged and no deal comes of it, it, mm-hmm. it kind of gets sour. I'm with you on that. Kind of like Tremaine Johnson. How, how, what y'all yeah. think about that? It's kind of yeah. off topic, but he's been two years in a row. So do y'all think that that works out a long term deal, or is he gone, or what? What you think? Uh, it's tough. I owe him a lot of money either way. It depends, man. That that Rams team's got they got some uh, that they got a bright future. So yeah. if I'm him, yeah, so, I'm, one side's got to give effort. eventually in these situations, right? right? One side yeah. has to give, even right. or else it's just going to be a carousel of. I think that's what it would have happened with Cousins if they didn't find a a, a suiting partner to get a quarterback. Probably fan, franchise tag him for the third time. Maybe look for a trading partner. But we saw yeah. how much – I think the the last time, at least from what I remember, the last time a quarterback got franchise tagged and then traded in the same year, pretty sure wasn't that Matt Castle back back with the Patriots um, when he got traded Maybe. to the Chiefs. I'm pretty sure he was franchise tagged, and then like a month or two later he got traded to the Chiefs. Um, I feel like that could have happened with Cousins too, but a team has to sacrifice so much when they franchise tag a guy uh, because yeah. I think there are I'm draft not- picks you kind of have to sacrifice with that tag. Because essentially, it's it's you're with franchise tag, you're guaranteeing a player a year there in that place, forcing them, and then you trade them. So I, I think the NFL kind of penalizes teams for that. But anyway, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see um, um, what's going down. Tyler, you have any thoughts on the trade? Um, I, I just think it's funny that um, I don't know, just how it all went down. Twitter, you know, it blew up over the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, that was and obviously, you know, uh, remember when we had a uh, Joe on from Defeat to Curse or. Mm-hmm. Get us on, yeah. You you should have heard their podcast. They were wild, yeah. man. They they weren't the, too the happy sky about was it. falling down. Yeah, they weren't too happy <laughs> about it. Yeah, it, it it was just really crazy. And you know what's funny? Apparently, Denver also made an offer. They offered uh, for Alex Smith. Obviously, they wouldn't do it same division, but they offered a second round pick and a keep to lead. Can you wow. imagine? Really? Wow! Yeah. I did not see that. The Browns wow. also offered a ton of picks, but wow. they didn't get the Browns either. But hmm. I read the that Chiefs wanted the Chiefs did not want to trade him within the division, yeah. and I read that they didn't even want to trade him within the AFC. I wouldn't so, either. So, right? Like to hell with that. 
to those three teams, there were other teams out there too. I guess yeah. the Redskins just gave up the most. Right. Yeah. Akeem Talib and a second rounder right. from Denver. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. take that? Right. No, they didn't. Right. I don't give a damn if he was if that team was my rival. Yeah. I'm taking that down. <laughs> That's a good deal. Akeem Talib is a playmaker. God. Yeah. Yeah. His, his cap number is big and he's older, but. You know, the second round pick is better than the third. Akeem Tlaib and Marcus Peters on the same team. Yeah. That's that's a good secondary. And Eric Berry. And Eric Berry when he's healthy. I mean, Alex Smith isn't a world beater. Like, I mean, it ain't like he's going to come back and just put 400 yards on on the Chiefs. So I I don't understand, like, that point of not wanting to trade him in the division. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's going to be interesting to see how he works with Jay Gruden. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll be just fine, man. Yeah. I think he fits that system just fine. Yeah. We'll see how good I think he does they still then. have to get some weapons, though. Yeah, I think that was the, the problem. They with don't, that they don't have too many. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nothing out of the back. It looked like no they four. had plenty of weapons against our defense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the obviously the the spectacle, if you will, yeah. for for this weekend around the world. Super Bowl Fifty Two is coming up. Uh, the New England Patriots beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in a classic game. Uh, and then the Philadelphia Eagles blew out the Minnesota Vikings. Should have just put the Saints in at halftime. Would have boosted the ratings up for sure. <laughs> that game was awful. Um, so, yeah, you got the Eagles looking to get their very first Super Bowl victory. You got the Patriots uh, looking to get their sixth Super Bowl victory. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll start with Mark on this one. What do you think about the Super Bowl, obviously? Uh, who do you think is going to win? Don't have to give me a score, but. What are your thoughts going into this game? To be honest, I'm probably not going to watch it. I'm still like, (laughs) it's like, like I won't get over that this year. So it's, I, I, I think the Patriots are going to win. Only one person can beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, apparently. (laughs) uh, So I I don't know. I, I may watch the second half if I see that it's close or something like that. But I'm really not that interested in it. All it's going to do is just make me even more mad that I feel like we would have beat the Eagles and we should be in that position. So yeah. I'm I'm not that interested in it. Like I say, if it's a close game, late game, I'll, I'll turn it over. Charlie, same same yeah. Um, reaction. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going Patriots. I'm going Patriots. No, yeah. I'll watch it. I mean, I. It's football. I have to watch it, right? Right. So, I, I guess. Right, I'll watch yeah. it. And, you know, I'm one of those people. I don't hate on the Patriots like a lot of people do. A lot of people hate on the Patriots. And, like, I just don't. Like, I, I see a lot of, like, I feel like Patriots, at least fans and Saints fans, are almost like cousins. It's like the league <laughs> The league hates us both. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. they, get, they right. get punished all the time. We had the bounty BS. I don't know. I mean, I can't hate on greatness with Tom Brady and those dudes. I, I'll be watching it, and I'll be fully rooting for the Patriots because I don't like the Eagles. I don't think they deserve an, a, one one ring, especially with yeah. them fans, if any Eagles fans are listening to. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going Patriots, and I'll probably say the Patriots win like 27-24. It'll be a close game. Usually always is for the Patriots. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think I'm going Patriots too. What do you think? I, I also don't, usually don't hate on the Patriots either. And you hit it right on the head with with the cousins metaphor. Right. Totally. That's a, totally. Accurate. And that's the thing with the Patriots with close games. It seems like they don't they don't lose though. They don't lose. So if you no. if you're gonna beat them, you have to beat them. You can't keep it close. Like so, the only yeah. time I, I saw the Patriots winning was like, yes, thank you, was last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> Other than that, I you, yeah. you watch the Patriots win and you're like, oh no, that's good. But it, unless you're a fan, <laughs> it's it's hard to actually fully root for them. 
because um, they're never the underdog. It's so easy to root for the underdog, and the Patriots are rarely ever the underdog. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a yin and yang. They're very successful. Tyler, what do you think? Obviously, um, would rather watch the Saints in the game. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather watch the Saints. I, I think you know how perfect it would have been if the Saints got revenge, you know, against the Falcons, beat the Falcons or whatever, or we got the revenge against the, the Vikings, or we beat the Eagles in the playoffs like we've done before. Then we finally play the Patriots. In the Super Bowl, like we did the first couple weeks, and we handed it to Brady. I would love to oh, see yeah. that, but man, it's just like I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's me wishing that Drew Brees had as many rings as Tom Brady did. But I will never like the Patriots. I never will. And I just think that um, I don't know. I, I'm rooting for the Eagles. If anything, I'm rooting more for the halftime show and the commercials. You know, <laughs> I, like. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. I heard there's a really cool Doritos and um, uh, with Morgan <laughs> Freeman uh, pe- oh, wow. uh, Mountain Dew commercial. I'm looking forward to that. But, um, okay, last year the commercial sucked, and then like three years ago, all the commercials like made you cry. Sometimes there yeah, are there right. are years where there's like really hit and miss commercials, but it's the anticipation that counts, really. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. What? So what do you say, guys? Shall we move on to our Saints talk? Oh man, the the, the, yeah. the big one of this podcast. It's the big one. Finally, we got to lay the season to rest now. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's do it. Okay, guys. So, in a <laughs> nutshell, the New Orleans Saints in 2017 to 18 it was a roller coaster. Now, let's paint a little picture for you here. It all started off optimistic. Uh, fans were hopeful, as was I. And then two big fat losses happened, and uh, things went downhill very quickly. Fans got worried, as did I. We thought it was all over. Believe me, Dayton and I were all like, oh, no, what's going to happen? So is Sean Payton going to be fired? Where is Hugh Brees going to go at the end of the season? Yeah, we're all in that kind of thing. And then we laid a whooping on the Panthers, and uh, that roller coaster went right back on off. And it was a heck of a ride, you know. And I I think no one really counted the Saints this year. You know, I I think if you ask a lot of people, nobody thought we were going to make 500. You know, I think after those first two games, nobody really thought we were. But something happened, and the Saints turned it around. They got great. They crushed teams like Buffalo, which I got to see, and I was very happy about. Buffalo fans were not very happy that day, by the way. Um, Yeah, it was just amazing. They made the playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs in so long. 2013, by the way. It was just an amazing game. Uh, uh it was just an amazing season, you know, despite what happened at the very last second with the Vikings. If you had to ask me if I had to take it all back, I wouldn't because, you know, it's the Saints. You know, we love them, we hate them, but either way, I believe back in black and gold. I know we all do. But yeah, let's kick it off. And what did you guys think? Let's start off with you, Charlie, then we'll just make our way around. What did you initially think uh, heading into the season? What was your prediction of the team? Where do you think this team was going? And did you expect this Saints team that went 11-5, clinched the NFC South, won a playoff game, spanked the Panthers three times? Did you expect that to happen? Or what was your thoughts on the season, man? Let's hear it. I actually had it written down in a predictions pool uh, that the Saints would would win the division at 10-6. I felt like I saw enough. I swear to God. (laughs) I can show you all my predictions pool. The rest of my predictions were. We believe you. But I was pretty close on the scene. Uh, And we kind of won sort of how I thought we would win. I thought we would get more of a pass rush, which didn't happen this year. 
outside of Cam Jordan. Um, Okafor had a good beginning of the year, uh, but I thought we would have had a stronger pass rush on defense. I did not obviously foresee the injuries that we had on defense, especially at linebacker. Um, And I didn't see our secondary playing as well. I thought that we would win and uh, live and die by the blitz, which we kind of did. But we would have had a lot more of a a pass rush. And I honestly was one of those people who thought that AP was going to come in and be our be our closer. Like I thought we would grind it out. Um, and I, I, you know, I thought we would be a ground and pound team, but I did not see Alvin Kamara being who he was. I thought he was right. definitely going to be like a, a Sproles Bush type because that's what we were told all off season, all summer. Oh, he'll fit that scat back, uh, you know, gadget play. Nah, Kamara is an everything. He does literally everything that's asked of a running back. He does it great. I didn't see that happening. So I mean, all in all, I I didn't see us winning the Super Bowl, but I did I did think we'd have a good year. Now after week two, I was I was ready to fire everybody. I thought we were about to go six and ten. <laughs> same, same. I that's before you demark. That's the crazy thing. When we were zero two, I wrote an article on whodaddish.com that said the defensive problems for the team have a common denominator, and I pointed out Sean Payton. I totally put him on the hot seat. Um, I said, you know, if, if he doesn't clean it up, because consistently through the different coordinators we've had, it's just about the mentality of the team, and I thought that fell on Sean Payton. Lo and behold, eight wins later, I'm I'm wishing I never wrote that article uh, at all. Worked. This defense was looking fantastic <laughs> after that. Exactly. Mark, Mark, compare your original thoughts for this team with, with how it actually happened. How close were they? I'm actually right on par with Charlie. I had us at a max 10-6. Uh, um, what? Not a max, but that was my my prediction. Um, with that's a possibility. Why we, that's of, why we bring you guys on the show because you're so smart. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys <laughs> know your shit. <laughs> oh stop! <laughs> we only speak you're, the truth, guys. You're making me blush here, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, ten and six was my um was my my magic numbers. Um, and, and like Charlie said, what what made what kind of the, the biggest what what made that happen to me, with me was the the rookies. Um, we, we kind of didn't expect that, but I was, I was very optimistic about Drew, um, Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson too. Mm. That was, that was my, you know, reason for being for, for 10 to six showing up. Um, and a, a lot changed obviously after the 0 and 2 start, uh, draft season started a little early for me. I was, <laughs> I was, I was in the mock drafts a lot real early, you know, so Aren't we all. <laughs> so that's kind of what what happened to me and you know we turned it around and everybody became back uh, opportunistic um we were you know ready to go so 10 and 6 was my number before uh before the season there you go what about you dan yeah I, yeah i had i was i was not as optimistic as you guys but i was still i think more optimistic than the at least at the very least the um national media looking in on the saints mm-hmm. i felt like people Really didn't believe in this team coming into this end of the game outside of uh, Houdat Nation. Um, I had them going. Yeah. I, I said eight and eight, nine and seven is where they're going to fall. I didn't think they were going to win the NFC South. Um, glad I was wrong on that. Uh, but you know, coming into to the season, I and I still think throughout the season it was the toughest division uh, in in all of football, especially I, I think in the NFC. Right. So you know, you obviously have to look at that cautiously, which I think you know outside media did. But at the end of the day, you look up and down this roster and, and the consistency of of the players. 
people we were able to bring back and then the veterans we were able to sign. I think Alex Okafor and AJ Klein's impact, um, even though it, they kind of got off to a slow start on the season, uh, they were felt uh, majorly. Obviously, the rookies were as well. So that's just things you don't you don't typically expect uh, when you preview a team for a season. You can't really gauge how much of an impact a rookie or a brand new veteran signing who's just there to kind of play a role is going to actually have on the team. So I was pleasantly surprised um, throughout the whole competition. I, I think or throughout yeah. the whole season. I think Tyler, did you have I think your your prediction was similar to mine, right? Nine and seven about mm-hmm. uh, the point where is I'm trying to recall that. Yeah. I don't even remember. I'm gonna have to fact check it. I don't remember what I said because you know like I think you know my issue is I get too I get too drawn in by everybody. You know, everyone has all these different opinions. I'm like, oh wait, they can win the Super Bowl or oh wait, they're gonna go 0 16 this year. Uh, thank goodness they didn't do that. Cough, cough. Cleveland Browns, by the way. But yeah. um, oh yeah, <laughs> man, I was just, you know, what my prediction was. You know, I didn't know what to expect. I think every year there's a bit of us that, you know, we we know what to expect. We know what to expect. You know, out of the consistency of Drew Brees, Champagne being a fiery coach. You know, we we expect certain things. But I think if you were to ask me, you know, before the season started, if I if um if if anyone expected me to believe that the Saints were going to win, win a playoff game, sweep their rivals three times, have basically uh, an offensive and defensive rookie of the year, I would have said no. But I just thought it was incredible what they did, you know. And I'm thankful, you know. Trust me, the last thing we wanted to see, I think we can all agree on this one, was Sean Payton fired. The team cut completely from scratch. Drew Brees leaving, you know. I'm just so glad. Everybody knew that this was the year. I'm so glad they actually finally, you know, put it into high gear. Actually, yeah. something. But uh, what what did you guys think was the biggest surprise of the season? You know, we've got a bunch. You know, playing of offense, playing on defense, so special teamers too. Um, let's start with you, Dan, because you haven't started first. What did you think was your surprise of the season? Uh, there's a couple. I think uh, Charlie hit it right on the head earlier when he was talking about Kamara. I think Kamara's impact, obviously, like like he said, we knew he was going to be a, a pretty darn good player in the NFL, uh, especially uh, out of the backfield. Didn't know his impact was going to be felt this strong. Didn't know he was going to make it to the Pro Bowl. Uh, and I think you got to give credit to Mark Ingram, too. His, his consistency, uh, being able to keep up what he was doing last year, uh, something you don't see often in, in running backs. So a lot of these guys will have one really good season and then kind of falter the next. And Ingram was able to be consistent even with, you know, Kamara taking away some of his carries and throughout the first few games of the season, Adrian Peterson as well. So uh, I think you got to give props to him. But you know, overall, I think the biggest surprise was really the Drew Brees being able to outdo himself yet again. Everybody's talking about how, how great Tom Brady is at his age, and he is. Uh, Tom Brady is the, the the best quarterback we've seen in the NFL, and he's playing lights out at his age. But you got to give credit to Drew Brees for for also being up there, uh, especially in the NFL in terms of years and performing at a high level, seventy two percent completion percentage, breaking yet another one of his his records. And with how good this running game was, and proving he was still able to keep it under tabs uh, in the passing game and and help us win games and and be the true leader that he is. So. You know, I think that that was the biggest surprise, that he was able to outdo himself even further than he has throughout his fantastic career. And that, that again, a very pleasant surprise there in, in the season. I agree. Uh, what do you think, Mark? What was your biggest surprise of uh, the season for the Saints? 
Um, I have two. Um, there you go. First overall, what obviously for me would be the the whole rookie class. Yeah. Like that that was just kind of remarkable, and and nobody would guess that a rookie class would come in and be, you know, that strong to start off. Um, okay. I, I can't think of in my time of a rookie class. I'm, I'm sure it's probably arguable that this is the greatest rookie class, you know, ever. Because yeah. I, I can't think of one rookie class with this many contributors that good that fast, you know. Um, obviously, everybody knows about the first four, the top four, um, with Kamara, Lattimore, Rami, and um, Marcus Williams. But even somebody like Anzalone, uh, we didn't, we probably, nobody really guessed that he would be a starter, you know, to start yeah. the season. Yeah. Um, obviously, injury kind of, you know, ended his season early, but he's still a part of that. Um, and my second one would be uh, the fact that Sean Payton changed the offense uh, until more. Um, running offense and you know short dump pass offense uh mm-hmm. we're used to the you know the kind of air raid uh drew Brees throws for 5500 yards or whatever um and that that was that was a big surprise that he that he changed in, in one season really you know so that, that's my two what do you think charlie what would you say for yours so i'd uh not repeat what you guys have said um <laughs> yeah you know another rookie that that uh stepped up this year it was um Justin Hardy on special teams. I mean that dude might be on the special them. teams yeah. captain, man. He made yeah. so many plays in the kicking game, punting. <laughs> um, I pointed that out so many times, Charlie. He yeah. on punt on punt, he was like at Gunner, he was like down the field so fast yeah. every it reminds time. Reminds me of um obviously not the return skills, but kinda like Courtney Roby. Courtney Roby yeah. was good mm-hmm. at that too. Mm-hmm. But as yeah. far as what surprised me this year. Um, outside of what you guys have said already, I would say something like, I couldn't believe that the injury bug hit us again on defense. Oh, like that, man. I was like, come on, that can't happen again. That can't happen again. Yeah. And it did happen again, but only it happened to our <laughs> linebackers, um, well, I guess, and Alex Okafor, instead of yeah. our cornerbacks. Um, that was a pretty big surprise. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe that because um, – I. Like I'm kind of looking at draft boards and such right now, and I keep tell- I keep coming back to linebacker, linebacker. We need mm-hmm. an impact. We miss Jonathan Vilma. Like we yeah, miss that right. cap. And I don't know if AJ Klein can become that. You know, and I don't know if Manti Teo can continue to grow and become that. I don't. You know, I, probably not. But um, and then another surprise, honestly, was how how well our our D backs uh, gelled this year. Like it was crazy. Yeah, right. I mean, I, we knew Lattimore had a lot of potential, and he was a, probably the steal of that first round. Um, mm. But I did not see the the D backs coming together like that. I mean, it was there was times during the season where I was like, uh, you know, obviously not the last game, but I was like, I mean, if our defense close is the last thing on the field, I'm confident we're going to win because I trust our secondary. Right. Same here. Yeah, but I guess those would be my surprises um, outside of what you guys have said. I mean, like, you know, Kamara, I thought he would be like a Sprolesy Bush type. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. probably my fault on not doing enough research on him myself, just listening to what the talking heads had to say. But it was a a surprise. The whole damn season was a surprise, and it was definitely a surprise. I think, Um, Charlie, I want to – Go ahead, Mark. Um, the thing I, I had a, I had that talk about. I don't know if you know Jake White, but me and yeah, him yeah, uh, yeah, we know. talked about um, about the defense, and I was more I, I wanted the defense on the field to end the game more than I wanted the offense, and yeah. that's that's mm. a surprise in itself. Like, yeah. who would have said that the last five to six years, whatever? 
Um, yeah. Like, that would never happen. So Yeah, because I part of that, that you're like, you know what? We want our defense to take that next step. We're tired of being the doormats. We're tired of being the worst. I and agree. to take that next step, you got to be on the field and win games. So it's like right. – if we're gonna be, if we're gonna take the next, you know, go to the next level to win a Super Bowl, our defense has to be able to do that. So get on the field and show that you can do it. Right, and for the most part, they did. Yeah. And you know what the funny part is too about that is, you know, there's been times when the offense is stalled. We've seen it. Yeah. We've had times oh, where God. the offensive lines give up penalties. We've seen uh, stupid fumbles, uh, interceptions. You know, I think it's just gonna make this team greater. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Mark. Put this young defense who's got the swagger to take forward right. every single game. Yeah. Who, who's got <laughs> there you go. the man gang. leading the man leading the army and Cameron Jordan? You've got everything right. rolling. But it's funny. My and that plays into I, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being, being young, like like Charlie said about the defensive back gelling. By them being all so young, they they their peers, you know, just an eight. Like they're all the, the, the young ones, you know. Yeah, the Marcus Williams, Von Bell, Lattimore, Crawley. Even PJ Williams, all of them are with, like within one or two years of each other. Yeah, so they just kinda, gotta hope know, that uh, the it. Patriots don't pluck Aaron Glenn from. Right, uh, yeah. uh, we saw that that he he he's you know his name's being floated around as defensive coordinator. I saw that. I mean, that'd be great for him, but that would really suck because what he's right. done this group is just amazing. We just started, man. Come on. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I can yeah. But as far as my surprises, though, I, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention this. Well, mention it. On offense first, I'm going to say Andrews Pete, and here's why. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, obviously, we know that Larry Warford made a Pro Bowl. I think if you have to – I wish there was a stat that could help me prove this, but if you had an offensive lineman that was just, uh, statistically so consistent, I swear we move this man everywhere, it seems like, every season. The tackle, guard, yeah. what's that, center? But <laughs> this man has been so great, man, and I love Andrews Pete. I It sucked that he got hurt. I'm hoping – He'll be good to go next year. But Andrews Pete was my go-to guy for offense. Uh, that was my biggest surprise. Defense, obviously, besides Lattimore, I'd have to go Manti Teo because it's funny. When I saw that Anzalone got hurt, I was like, great. So we've got, uh, we've got Teo and Klein, Robertson. Hopefully, we'll be fine. When I saw Klein go down, I'm like, great. We have to rely on Craig Robertson's slow butt and uh, Manti Teo <laughs> as an imaginary girlfriend. for you. Stop. Well, <laughs> I think all of those jokes have been put to rest now that he's actually shown up and reliable. But yeah. I believe me, if there was a hater on Manti Teo when he started uh, starting for the Saints, it was me. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Oh, those gosh. first couple games when he was had to start, especially the uh, the Packer game, it, like mm-hmm. on my Twitter feed, I had <laughs> – I had uh, I was recording that um, like when I went back and watched the game. He was completely out of position all game. Yeah. I don't believe it, but he got better. And that's the got thing. better. I, I that just, Redskins game. Yeah. I'm just happy to know that you know we've got a solid linebacker. Obviously, I believe we're probably going to draft a linebacker, maybe try free agency for one. But I just think right now that we're set. We we've got a good decent backup linebacker. He's not the fastest, but he's decent. Um, he's a big surprise for me. And I was gonna m- mention Justin Hardy too. Yeah. But uh, he was he was a go. He and, was like a speed bullet down. Will Lutz. I don't think he gets. Oh, enough credit. he was great. He had yeah. a fantastic yeah. season, and he's turning into a franchise kicker for us. And yeah. and that's something really valuable to have for a good team. So, Will Lutz, man, shout out to. 
undrafted guy from Georgia State making making a name for himself. I love it. He's yeah. really turned into one of the best kickers in the league. Absolutely. He's turned into one of the best kickers um, that the Saints have ever had. I mean, yeah. this has been yeah. a problem. Even Garrett Hartley, God bless he him was, for what he did in 2009 at the yeah. end of the season. We have not had a consistent kicking game since, like, Mort. Exactly. Yeah, it's all Anderson. about consistency. Yeah, yeah. We've had good kickers, but none of them have been consistent enough to go, oh, wow, he's actually a, a fantastic kicker for us. It hasn't happened yeah. before. Yeah, you know um, who was uh, – uh, Coach Harbaugh from the Ravens actually got in Peyton's ear about Lutz because he was in camp with the Ravens. And they have yeah. Justin Tucker, who's right. probably top three kicker in the league, but he oh, was yeah. in camp and he, he said, hey, you know, because we had a preseason game against them or we practiced with them or something. He goes, hey, you guys need a kicker. You guys need to look at Will Lutz. Kick, kicked for him uh, in, the, or in camp or whatever, and he developed into a good kicker. He just had to get his launch point up. You know, he was kicking mm-hmm. too low. Yeah. Had to get his launch point up, and he did and look at him. He's yeah. great, though. Sean talked so, about him uh, that mm-hmm. offseason about how he had one of the better uh, tryouts he's seen for a kicker since he's been in the league. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great, though. He, he, he's he been phenomenal, you know. I, I think it's funny, you know, again, when we talk about, you know, offense struggling, you know, there's been times before in the Saints offense where you, you expect a team to put up 30, 40 points uh, against, many pe- against many teams. If you have an uh, unreliable kicker, how are you able to get three out of it when your when your offense can't score? You know, we're always so reliant on if Drew Brees can't get it done, we need to have our kicker to do that. And now we've got that. But the next question and I've got to get. I want to let me, let me say one more thing about. Yeah, you're good, man. Go for um, it. One thing okay. that's going to be overlooked now that the season's over is that Luck made the kick for us to. Oh, I know. Game. Yes, uh, that was a big game in clutch. Lots. That was a big clutch Garrett Hartley 2009 kick. Yeah, clutch Lutz. Yeah, that yep. kick could have went down, you know, in the in the memory of us like the Garrett Hartley kicks. Like that, that was a big kick. Yeah, so, but you know now it's kind of nobody remembers that kick. Yeah, <laughs> it's no. It's but um, I I've actually got the next one. We'll start with you, Charlie. What do you? What was your favorite memory of the season? And what was your favorite game? And why? Mm, well, this is easy for me because I have a personal sure. reason why. It was definitely the Dolphin game in London because my wife and I hopped on a plane and went went to Europe, watched that game, and, and bounced around a little so bit. Jealous, by the um, way. That's by far – that's my favorite game I've ever been to in my entire life because just like seeing the Saints in another country, yeah. <laughs> that was just wild. And I, I mean in not – I mean, okay, we're talking about the Saints here. So obviously we won the game – Crawley's pick happened like right in front of where I was si- where I was sitting, right. and I felt like, I mean, we we came out and spanked the Panthers the week before, and we typically play against them tough. Um, so I kind of was like, all right, we won, but I was still kind of like right. on eggshells about the season. But I swear to God, that Crawley interception was the play that turned the whole damn season around. There you go. Um, see, and I was cool to see all those Saints fans go. There you go. There were so many Saints fans at, at the stadium. If you look at my pinned tweet on my Twitter account, I'm I'm gonna leave it up there until right I get something better. The the Huda yeah. chant in Wembley. Yeah. Um, I mean there was there was I don't know hundreds just of Saints fans just sitting right around me. That was that was definitely my favorite game. Easily the most memorable. That was Camara's. Um, well, he did well the week before, but he he sort of took over there in the fourth quarter. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Tyler yeah. showing it. Yeah. How, how were the ticket prices for that game? 
You know what, man? It was like as far as uh, the price of that the game ticket, it was it was very comparable to what I would have paid and what you'd pay in the Superdome. Like, oh, it's not bad. No, nah, it wasn't that bad. And I and well, I honestly, as soon as that game was scheduled, I got online and I bought the tickets immediately. Nice. Um, but I know, like, I think I got our tickets. We were lower level, like right on the goal line for I think it was like around one twenty a ticket. And not that's not bad at all. And my same seats, like right around me, later on closer to the game, were like doubled because the Saints had won the week before. So I was like, okay, well, the Saints might actually be okay. What about after week two? Did you think they, they went down a little bit? <laughs> after week two? Oh, um, probably. Honestly, I didn't even look. I was like, you know what? Funny you talk about that, man. It's like, we're 0 2. Here I am. I'm already fully invested in this Europe trip. Like, all <laughs> centered on the Saints. We're zero two. We look like we're about to go five and eleven, six and ten. I'm telling myself, you know what, self? It doesn't matter. You're going to Europe. You're going to enjoy it. Yourself. It doesn't matter if the Saints win. If they're not good, whatever. You're gonna like it. And then, and then we got the win. It was, I don't know. It was great. Coolest, like coolest game experience I've ever gone to. What do you think, Mark? Um, I'm going to steal yours, Tyler. I'm sorry ahead of time. It's all good, man. But- <laughs> I enjoyed the Buffalo dominance. I uh, I, I just <laughs> I just enjoyed the way we dominated that game. Simple. I, I, the twenty four straight runs. It just was was beautiful. Like I just sat there with a smile on my face in front of the TV and just like watched that they couldn't stop us from gaining five yards every time we ran. The <laughs> yeah, I, I just love that. It was simple. That, that's mine. What about you, Dan? Um, I'm going to go with the game that happened right around that same time of the, of the Buffalo win, uh, the Redskins comeback victory. Uh, that was, that was probably my favorite game. Once Kamara caught that ball, uh, he pretty much had a Madden glitch through that, uh, like those four (laughs) Redskins guys right there. As soon as, as soon as that play happened, I knew the Saints were completing the comeback and, and they, they did definitely showed, um, the versatility of the team, the way that they were able to fight back, uh, the hardships that they can overcome, and I think that that finally showed us a, a a complete team because we hadn't seen something from the Saints roster before. In fact, we see the total opposite most of the time is either the Saints blowing some sort of huge lead or not able to complete a comeback and give getting all of our hopes up um, and and letting us down. So that Redskins game was was one for the ages. The reactions coming out of it because midway through the second quarter at halftime saints fans are like yeah this game's over we're, we're totally done and then we mm-hmm. won and redskins are like now our season's over and it, was, so it, totally it was great to see that total up and down um of it and yeah great one F- favorite game by far of the season for me it's funny now for me um i i gotta give my shout out to big boy sheldon rankins uh that mm-hmm. that interception uh, at the buffalo game i yeah. i remember so me and my dad were sitting there I swear the stadium got so quiet with that interception. And <laughs> the funny part was, though, I couldn't breathe. Like, I like I was going, <gasps> like, I, I was, like, I was dying because, one, like, anytime, you know, something big like that happens, you know, the Buffalo Bills are about to score. And, like, anything like that happens, first of all, it's it's insane. Second of all, you see a big man doing it, it's twice as insane. And I, I swear I probably would have had a heart attack if he actually scored. Man, uh, big boy Shella Rankins, I, I, I couldn't believe it. And then when, you know, we all like to check, you know, the Saints app and stuff, I saw the photos later, you know, of him, like, reaching, grabbing that football. I was like, oh, my gosh, I was there to witness Sheldon Rankins do that. So that was insane for me. My other one, uh, let's see, my other favorite memory has to be 
playoff time. Uh, Sean Payton with the broom. Uh, you know, and then yeah. hits a shot. Yeah. Everything, anything correlates to Saints <laughs> winning in the playoffs. But my favorite game was definitely the Buffalo game. Just yeah. oh, oh, I also got to meet Brian Baldinger. I mentioned that before, mm. but all, all that stuff. Yeah. I Baldy yeah, loves I love the Saints. Man. I love when they win. Baldy loves sure. the Saints. Yeah, I can't believe it because he said who that to me, and I turn around I'm like, what Brian Baldinger? You know, but yeah, I loved it. So, what did you guys think? Let's start with you, Dan. You love talking, you know. Um, oh yeah. You, can't, you... you know me. You know me, man. I love to talk. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean it like that. You talked less. <laughs> so I figured I'd start with you. So give your team MVP, the <laughs> offensive defensive uh, MVP for the year okay. for the Saints. Um, on offense, I want to I want to give it to Kamara, but I'm gonna st- I, I think it needs to go to Drew Brees, um, especially because of how I pumped him up a little bit ago with with being the biggest surprise of how consistent oh, and how he was able to outdo himself. And again. For quarterbacks, uh, just because it, it's it's already embedded in our minds, we don't really think twice about it. How good leader, uh, how good of a leader you have to be to be a great quarterback in the league. And Brees has done that year in and year out. So his leadership ability for this offense uh, was just well much needed and fantastic for this year. On defense, again, I, I want to go to to Marshawn Lattimore, but I'm going with the obvious. I'm going to go with Cam Jordan. Um, yeah. I think Cam Jordan for sure uh, was able to, and I think. I think the most underrated player on the defense, I'm glad you brought him up, uh, Tyler, was Sheldon Rankins. My eyes yeah. were open to him because of Charlie, our conversations with Charlie earlier in the season about the double teams he was taking on. I was able to open up gaps for, for guys like Cam Jordan. But Jordan, again, the leadership ability he provided, all pro, pro bowler, uh, year in and year out, he's doing it. And he also embodies the Houdat culture, uh, as does uh, uh, Drew Brees. But you see it so apparent with, with Cam Jordan uh, during his media appearances, uh, if he goes on NFL Network on Twitter, um, he was so able to, to to gel this defense together and and help them step up. So I, I'd I'd give my MVP to to Cam. What do you think, Mark? What would you say for your offensive and defensive MVPs? I'm going to go a little different. I'm going on a on a limb for both of my picks. Okay. Offensively, I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. Ooh, there I you go. Like the offense would have been totally different without yeah. him as. Oh, the, absolutely. Like, I couldn't imagine, you know, not having him on the offense. Uh, I, the receiver core is is basically him with a couple of, you know, serviceable guys. Um, in the playoff, he was just like, if you go, go read his Twitter name, and that was him yes. during the, the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. Like, it really wasn't any guarding him um, came playoffs. Um, and defensively, I'm, I'm going off the live again. I'm going with Marcus Williams. Mm, Reason why, uh, if, if you look at the defense, we didn't give up many big plays. And I, I think a lot of that credit should go to him. Um, he, he was a very good – as a, a rookie, he was a, a very good single high safety. He was. I really heard of, like, as a rookie. Um, there's maybe three or four that, that play, you know, single high at an elite level. Earl Thomas probably being the best still right now. Um, but he played at an, an at a pretty close to elite level, um, so so that's why I got him. I, I think that not giving up those big plays helped our defense um, be able to force turnovers by making a, a team move the ball down the field, you know, uh, play by play instead of you know three plays and a touchdown. Um, so I think I think that was um, a big uh, thing that he provided for us. I agree. I agree. What about you, Charlie? What do you think? It's tough. I mean, 
I agree. Very I'm try, trying not to sound like a broken record, but I really agree with with Dayton um, on defense. It's it's Cam Jordan. I mean, he he really was the sheriff of that defense, and there were week after week after week after basically the whole season where I mean, if it wasn't Cam Jordan getting in the backfield to hit the quarterback, then there was nobody. And mm-hmm. and especially like I remember late in that Redskins game, I'm like, man, Cam has not been getting in there. He you got to do something, then boom, the next play he sacks Cousins and we go on to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cam Jordan, I'm going to say, because a lot of that, uh, the the back end and the front end, they, they go hand in hand. The longer the back end can can hold their coverage, the, the the more time the front end has time to get to the quarterback. And then the quicker the, 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 uh, the front end can get to the quarterback, the worse the throws are, so that's easier for the D-backs. But I would say – that uh, Cam Jordan, hands down. I mean, he was an All Pro. It's hard. It's hard for me not to not to go with him. And on offense, it's hard to to go against Drew Brees. But and this is not a a slight to him. But Drew Brees, like we've come so accustomed to him being the way that he is. And and the seventy two percent is you know the record that he, he broke. You know, he's, I mean that's just insane. But um, but if if I wouldn't if I wouldn't say Drew Brees, I would say Alvin Kamara because mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara just Everything that guy represents and everything that he is, it just completely changed the entire team. I mean, the whole team just like his swag level is through the Superdome's <laughs> roof, and it's he's leaping into the stands. He's got the gold grill. He's got the bull ring, the tats. I mean, Air he heads. just I don't know. Air heads, I, yeah. I it's it's just hard for me to to you know if I'm not gonna give it to Breeze, I'm gonna give it to Alvin Kamara because. Of all that, plus he's probably gonna win offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. he better. He, should, he better offensive yeah. rookie of the year. Alvin Mark, he yeah, better win. He does. Yeah. Can we say this though before we say mine? I think if we had to pick a special teams player, would we all agree it's Thomas Morstead. Man, that well, dude can punt him far. Either him or yeah, Justin I mean, Hardy. But yeah, more him or Justin Hardy actually. or Will Lutz. Or Those Will Lutz. Guys. We Justin yeah. Hardy yeah, and man. Will Lutz. That was all tough. three. Yeah, but uh, they were all great on special teams. But it's funny. So we covered Drew Brees. We covered Alvin Kamara. It's funny. Like, although I feel this guy's need on offense could be replicated, I I, I don't want to like you know sound cookie cutter. Go with you guys. What you went? I I would say Mark Ingram simply because of you know I think there man if there if people hate on one player it's Mark Ingram. We have so many people. He just had a great year, two great years back to back. And last year, going into this year, everyone was like, man, is Mark Ingram going to do it again? No, I don't think so. He's going to have – I remember reading so many fantasy, uh, so many fantasy on um, who you should pick and who you shouldn't pick. Nobody wanted uh, Mark Ingram because they thought, well, one, you're going to have Adrian Pearson. Well, that didn't work out. They kicked him out. Two, you have Alvin Kamara. So Mark Ingram won't be getting as many touches. But, man, Mark Ingram balled. He had so many touchdowns, so many yards. The dude was amazing, and he was the perfect complement to Drew Brees. I mean, just when you need Mark Ingram on a screen pass, he was there. Just when you need Mark Ingram for the go-ahead, just everything you could have wished for, he did it for us this year. And that's what I was happy about. So my guy would be Mark Ingram. But defense, it's tough. But you love him, you know him. Cameron Jordan, he was a beast. I I love his sack dance. Man, he's amazing. That's all I've got to say. But Man. yeah, what a, <laughs> what a season it was. Probably seen over there. But, you know, uh, one thing on Ingram, since you brought him up, real quick, 
what, man. what was awesome about Ingram this year was how he just full on accepted that it was the Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara backfield. Yep. Like, yeah, and how close those two guys are very close. They're friends. Like, I you could see them yeah. hanging out. I mean, it, Mark's a little bit settled down with kids and all. Kamara's still a, a young buck who's going wild, but yeah. uh, like. They're actually they care about each other. They're friends. They're hanging out. They're, you know, if Kamara scores, Ingram's the first one there to meet him on the sidelines to give him a hug. If if Ingram scores, vice versa, it's the same thing. And like it, it takes a good, uh, a good-hearted vet to do that. You know, he could have gotten mad. Like, who's this kid coming in stealing my carries and stealing my touchdowns? No, he helped cultivate a relationship that created the best running back duo in the history of the league. Mm. And that, that boom and zoom. That, that, that boom and it, it kind of um, went on to the team. Like, the whole team shows that that brotherhood, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Probably we can, we can say it started with him, um, but it just kind of trickled down. And, you know, you look at Marshawn Lattimore, you look at the whole defense, uh, how they all come together. And a, as we see, that trickled down into the whole NFL, wanting to copy of, uh, us with the pitcher, you know? So we got some trendsetters now. So. Yeah. yeah. Team's trying it's to great. steal the swagger. Yeah. I love everything this team has going for them. I think, you know, I think nobody really likes to talk about it. I, I simply, I don't think it gets mentioned enough. But if you have that communication, you have that personality, this team found out who they are. You know, we've had seasons before them going 7-9, and nine, even maybe uh, seasons where they've done well, where nobody really knew who the Saints were. But we know who they are now. You know, they've got the swagger. They, I, I can't tell you guys how many photos I have in my phone of the Saints posing. I mean, they've got the swagger, they've got the, the juice, the energy, the excitement. It's just, it's great. And I love it. Yeah. And it's amazing. This was but, great season. Uh, pleasantly surprising. Uh, I, I think we've covered just about everything. So, I mean, we, we, we got, we got to lay the, lay the season to rest. Now we got to lay that casket down and, uh, 2017 to 2018 season, you guys, that season was was very kind to us, but it's time to look forward to the future of this team. It's very bright. We're going to take a really quick break for you guys, about a minute for us. It's about three seconds of silence. Uh, When we come back, we're going to put our monocles on and and take a little preview, take a little sneak peek into uh, what's to come for this uh, New Orleans Saints season. So we'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Who Dat Dish podcast. We got Mark George and Charlie Pollock here, along with myself I mean, and Tyler Raymond. Uh, obviously, you can yeah. follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. Uh, uh, just want to plug that in there so you guys can stay up to date with everything that we're doing. We're going to jump into the Saints 2018 and Beyond preview. Uh, obviously, the season, this past season for the Saints, very bright, but the future could be brighter, which is really exciting. We got a majority of the players returning. Uh, one of the best draft classes ever, as we were just talking about, entering their second year, a little bit more polished. Uh, and we have momentum in our favor. We got the confidence. We got the swagger, as we were just talking about. Um, and the Saints are going to look to make an even bigger splash uh, next season and beyond. So uh, I'm going to start with Charlie. Breeze is saying with the Saints, right? I mean, that's kind of the consensus here. But what if what if he doesn't? How big of a hole would the First of all, you, do you think he's going to stay with us? Like, like – are you pretty confident in that? But if he doesn't, how big of a hole is that going to leave leave us in? Uh, yeah. Okay. Very confident. <laughs> he'll, I love it. He will, yeah, yeah. He, he'll he'll be back for sure. He said it. Mickey Loomis has said it. Um, Coach Payton has said it. Um, I think Jesus Christ has even said it. Oh yeah. That, uh, 
<laughs> Drew Brees will be back, and he'll be the quarterback of the Saints. Um, but if something were to happen, I mean, you know, not this season, but eventually we do need to uh, have a, a you know a transition plan for when Drew's not going to play anymore. I personally think Drew can play at this level for um, you know two to four more years. I, I don't I don't think Drew is is necessarily going anywhere, and that it's sort of why I wish he would sign like a three year contract or something. Yeah. Uh, like that so that every offseason we're not going through this and honestly i think it's really just the fans who deal with it and it's the uh the national media who like to play with it i i think in the building between breeze and his agent tom condon uh mickey loomis in the in the club they they know he's going to be back and and at this point it seems like both sides are comfortable with these one-year deals um Mm -hmm. but me personally i would like to see him sign a a multi-year deal and i was just talking to my um, other two buddies on on Twitter, um, one of them's name is Will. His 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 handle is uh, at UF Gators Will or underscore Will. He's actually a Gator fan, but um, I guess because he, he went to Florida. But anyways, we were talking about this today, and I'm like, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna resign him? What's the contract gonna look like? And he had a great idea. He said, we have 18 million dollars on the books for him because of the contract we signed. So here's what we do: we sign him one year, 23 million dollars, and f- just fully guarantee it. Mm-hmm. That way you're spreading that six because that 18 million, if let's say he were to walk, that 18 million gets hit. Now you could spread that out over the next three years, have it be 6 million, uh, uh, you know, over the next three years and, you know, have a cap hit of 29 million, which is huge. But number one, it's Drew Brees. Number two, that's just the going rate for a franchise quarterback now. And, and, you know, Fans, we, we, we hope and we wish that he would maybe give us a little little bit of a discount, although he doesn't he doesn't need to do that. He could he could ask for thirty five million and honestly the Saints would just have to do it because yeah. that's what he's that's his worth. Um but yeah, Drew Brees will be back and he'll be re signed probably within the next month or two, is my guess. Uh, at least we're not paying Alex Smith like $24 million because you know <laughs> yeah, at least we're actually playing paying a future Hall of Famer uh big money. Uh, I agree. So that makes me feel a little bit better. Mark, what do you think, man? Uh, I'm sure, like Charlie said, pretty confident in us retaining Breeze because everybody's Drew, been saying it. Drew will be back. Yeah. End of the- <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I agree, too. Uh, anyway, that, that he, he won't be a saint next year. Um, I think he has to be a saint. You know, there's no way that he, he gets out the building. Uh, I, 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 I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't know, but if they had a deal in place already, that's just probably waiting to be signed. Yeah. Um, they they probably been talking since the, since the loss of to Minnesota, so I, I think that gets done. Um, Drew's comfortable here. Obviously, we're comfortable with Drew. Family's here. Um, this is kind of home for him at this point. This is where he wants to retire. So I, I don't see uh, <clears throat> see him going anywhere. The only person that may see Drew leaving is Joe Thomas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the only one that uh, said he he thinks Drew's going to leave. So yeah, yeah, wishful thinking. Exactly. Yeah, He's yeah. looking for a quarterback. He, he was trying to re- recruit. <laughs> you on the same boat, Tyler? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, it's funny. Um, people were actually mentioning this on my Twitter feed earlier. How many times does Drew Brees have to say yes? He knows he's coming back. He he's basically almost given up his leverage by saying he knows he's going to be back, wants to be back. 
this is a done deal. I mean, it's just a matter of time. I, I think, you know, it's unfortunate, but the media overhypes everything. I think they really uh, stuck to their guns and overhyping. Drew Brees might be gone next year, but no, he's staying. Uh, if that's if there's one thing I could guarantee about the New Orleans Saints next year, Drew Brees will be staying and will be slain as always. Yeah, we if Brees does leave, we can just put Willie Sneed in at quarterback, right? Is it... <laughs> Maybe he he was he was, the, he, he was the only Saint to throw a pass besides Brees the entire season. I'm... Crazy. I don't know, Dave. He missed a big pass uh, against Minnesota, man. Yo, my gosh. <laughs> I can't my believe gosh, it. man. Hey, that was... <sighs> Brandon, pain. out of the grave. So Ooh. much pain. Man, yeah, that was crazy. That, that was big. That, that, that was big. Was that third down? It, it was. I believe it was third down. Yeah, it was because we had to punt then. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. that was big. But, uh, yeah, I think the consensus is Breeze is coming back, going to retire in black and gold. It's going to it's gonna be a happy ending once and for Very all. Very much so. For Drew Breeze and the Saints. Um, besides I don't Brees, know if happy ending, though. Oh, yeah, it might I, not I be. I can't day when Drew Brees does decide to hang it up. Right. That's well, going to be sad. Even if yeah. you I'll probably, it. I'll probably actually cry. Oh, yeah. Oh, for <laughs> Same. sure. Hey, man, you I... may not be alone. Yeah. We, <laughs> might all, we might all have to go to a bar one day, that day. <laughs> I'll send you guys some tissues. <laughs> Even if he goes out on top, it's going to be, it's going to be bittersweet yeah. to see him go, for sure. It, it, More bitter than be. anything. Yeah. Um, we the team also has a couple free agents pending for this season. Uh, besides Breeze, you obviously got Kenny Vaccaro, Alex Okafor, uh, Senio Calamente is also up there on the list. Uh, there's other few names I'm missing because I want you guys to dive into it. Um, I will start. We'll start with Tyler this time. Besides Breeze, <laughs> who do the Saints need to retain this off season? And and by need to, I mean it's going to be really hard to replace this guy, or at least the production that he brings. Yeah. Um, I, w- I was watching something. I-, I don't remember who, and this is what's killing me. I remember um, somebody listed the number of snaps that Senor Calamity took this year as opposed to other years. He's Not being paid. Hmm? What would you say? Um, maybe. I'm not sure. I'll have to look into it when I get off. But um, he's, he's playing sort of snaps, you know, and he's obviously the best backup lineman that we have. You know, he's a reliable go-to guy. And I, I think almost, you know, if something goes down, he's a key piece. Without him, I think the Saints would have been a lot worse this year, you know, because we, we fluctuate a lot in our starting rotation. Sion Calamete, you have to re-sign him. It's just a matter of principle. It's a matter of the Saints know where they're going. They know they should, hopefully, if they're listening to me, draft more great backup linemen. But they need to keep Calamete. It's just it's a matter of they need to do this. Hopefully they, they do this. But I think another person they I'm hoping they could get cheaper because of the injury. I would love to see uh, Alex Okafor back. Uh, it's just I mean if he's back to what he was playing at before he got hurt, it would be perfect. You know obviously you expect Al Qaeda Muhammad to be better. Hopefully he starts some snaps. You expect Trey Hendrickson to be better. But I think right now the Saints the Saints defensive issues. Stop if you don't bring Alex Okafor back. And I don't know about Kenny Vaccaro, though, what you guys think. Like, that's the real question here because you, you've, you, I think it's almost split down the middle. You have a lot of people that are like, man, you had all those penalties. And then those same people, like, we've got, we've gotten so young at the secondary. But now you have people are like, well, Kenny Vaccaro is like one of our core players. What are you going to do? But what do you guys think? Whoever takes it, takes it. But who wants to talk about it next? Uh, Charlie, you want to do it? Oh, all right, sure. Um, I'll go ahead. Okay, go 
Um, it's tough, like, because I don't, I, I haven't really looked at um, what his contract should be. You know, he's kind of yeah. a hard one to figure out because it's like, well, what, what position does he play? Does he play? Uh, he doesn't play like a true safety, and he's not a true linebacker. He's kind of like an old school monster back. Um, so it's tough. I mean, that's a hard one. It depends on the number. Uh, it's weird because he got benched early in the year, and he's been benched before. He got benched, I think it was versus the Seahawks a couple years ago. Um, maybe it wasn't the Seahawks. But, I mean, he's had a roller coaster pass with the Saints. So I can see their number being a little bit lower than his number and then maybe not being able to come to an agreement. And I know – that there's plenty of teams that would like to pay him. So I think the likelihood of him coming back is probably closer to or less than 50%, which makes it weird because I think Alex Okafor, I think we should pay him. I think he should come back. But <laughs> Kenny Vaccaro was like his biggest recruiter coming because they're, I mean, they're like best friends. They played at Texas together, and he he lobbied hardcore for, for Okafor to come here and play yeah. DN and not, you know, outside linebacker like – um that he was playing in in, in 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 Arizona. But honestly, yeah, I, I agree, man. I think out of those names, I think Senio is the most important one, to be 100% honest. I think Senio is the most important one. The problem there is that Senio is a starter in this league, and he's basically a quasi-starter for us, so he should be paid like a starter. And that might we, – we might be in trouble there when it comes to cap space. So right. be fine. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not Mickey Loomis. Good, good thing I'm not. Ian Rappaport? Uh, whatever he's going to tell you about the Saints is probably not. <laughs> yeah. 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 Any other team, he's all right. But yeah. Saints, nah. He made fun of Kamara's number in the, in the in the preseason. I hope he feels bad about that now. Unbelievable. Uh, what are you thinking, Mark? Um, I, I agree with Charlie uh, pretty much everything. Uh, I was going to say that about Senio. He, he's who we want back. But it's going to be really hard to get Senio back because someone's going to pay him to start. Um, I mean, if we really, really want him, we, we're going to have to pay him as a starter. Um, it, it's it's really no way around it. I think we we can we have the money to offer him. The money as a starter uh, is just the, do you want to offer your sixth alignment as a starter? I agree. Um, you know, we got a little bit cap space to play around with, and the free agent market isn't. You, you know, we don't, well, we, we're not, I don't think we're going to be big buyers in the free agent market anyway. I think mm-hmm. we'll sign maybe one or two players that they're going to play. Um, so so we, we may have the money to offer him that. It, it's kind of up to Mickey Loomis. Um, and the Kenny Vaccaro situation, he's, it, he's like, he's a special player in a way because he, because of what, what he offers. Um, he's only going to fit certain teams, which help, helps us. Because you know, obviously, we know a way to use him. Um, he, he was up and down, like Charlie said, with us. So, not every team is going to be after Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, teams that are looking for a true strong safety aren't really going to be in the market for Kenny Vaccaro, and that's mm. going to help us. Um, it's really up to what we want to do. Are we interested in going to the normal nickel uh, defense where we we throw a third cornerback in there, mm. or do we want to keep going with the big nickel? Where we throw Kenny Vaccaro in there, yeah, and I've seen the name Margaret Brunette brought up a good bit mm. um, to replace Kenny Vaccaro. Um, I haven't watched him much, but I, I've heard people lobbying for him that he can play that role even better than Kenny. So it, it, that's Kenny a situation. 
What'd you say, Tyler? Kevin Carl isn't perfect. That's what I'm saying, though. No, if, yeah, he, no, if no. he's worth the money, I would expect more production out of him. Less right, talent, yeah. you know, more, you know. But that's just my thing. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get the contract that he wants, regardless. No, from anybody. Um, that so it, that injury did him in for for his big payday. I think the injury at the end of the season and his performance against St. Louis as well, um, right, just kind of showed his next suspension. You know, he's gone for ten games. Yeah. That's big. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of GMs, you know, back of their mind when they're in negotiations with him. Yeah, front offices so, look at that stuff. Yeah. That's a great point, Mark. It's, it's so Very much thing to to with him. Like it's like I said, he's a special player in so many ways. His whole situation is just special. He's yeah. not a linebacker, not a corner. He's really not a safety. Right. He's like it. Everything about that situation is just special. Yeah, he's coming off with a, a pretty bad injury. It's. I, I don't know, man. If we're ready to move on, you know, so be it. Uh, maybe yeah. we want to go, like I say, maybe we want to go to the normal nickel. But right. then we're going to market more for a nickel cornerback than we are for, mm-hmm. for Kenny Vaccaro. Yeah. Or if we do want to go with the big nickel, then go ahead. Maybe Von Bell is, is the right. player to replace him. So I that situation is yeah. Um That's what Mickey Loomis has, has a plan. I wouldn't like mind seeing Von plan. Bell. I'm glad I'm not in that situation. That's Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Vaccaro, out of those names, has, at least this team has kind of shown, he might be the most expendable free agent that we have now, which is something I don't think uh, we would have said last offseason coming into this year just because of how big of an impact Vaccaro has had since we drafted him uh, in the first round. But, yeah, I'm I'm on board with you guys. As long as we can get Okafor and and Kelamente back, I think we'll be in just fine shape. Breeze as well, obviously. But um, we might have to pay those guys. Definitely Okafor, I think. But... Okafor says he wants to stay in New Orleans. He said that he had a great first year with us. He he was he was sad about the injury, but I think that he's confident coming back. I think same thing, same thing with Calamente. I think that we'll be able to give him a good offer, and he'll sign with us uh, almost immediately. I think it'll be one of the first signings for us, just because uh, I think that we believe if if that is the front office's um, uh, desire to bring him back, which I think it is, because he has been really valuable as a backup offensive lineman, and he can't have. With the injuries the Saints have had, you can't have too much depth uh, at that position across the offensive line. Um, let, let, let's jump. Go ahead. Let's go, Mark. Um, that injury is big. So yeah, what is. are we willing to pay him? You know, with Achilles injury, he's obviously going to lose something in explosiveness. Yeah. It's, you know, something he's going to lose. So that that scares me with, yeah. with off of, what, 10 games that he played, I want to say? Yeah. 10, 11, whatever. That that scares me. So yeah, it does. Too. It does, and and I, I, I think that's why we probably give him a one year contract. Right, I was just about to say that. Yeah, maybe yeah. he's on a one year deal. Yeah, uh, but so. I I'd love to see him back. At least see him try to get back into the groove of the because his, his like he was one of the more surprising guys to help this right. team out, help this defense out. It was it was great to see. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I think Kelamente and, and Okafor are going to be key. And who knows, Vaccaro could also come back. He, Like I said, for these free agency situations, something's got to give on either side uh, uh, in situations like this. And I, I think one eventually will for, for the Saints and Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, moving on to who the some new faces for the Saints. Uh, we're going to go around. I'll, act, I'll just start out real quick. Uh, give me one free agent uh, and, and one um, draft. I, I, I guess give me a position for each that we need to address in the draft and in free agency and give me a player or two at that position who you think 
we should target in, in you know, both the 2018 NFL draft and this year's free agency. Um, I, I, I think one thing that we need to target, not necessarily spend a first-round pick on it, um, but I have been looking into this guy ever since uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. had him go into us at 27th overall. Uh, wide receiver could be a, um important thing, especially to put alongside Michael Thomas. Um, yeah. And Sneed I Coleman, exactly, exactly. And, and even then, Sneed isn't really cutting it out. Um, so I right. think Cortland Sutton out of uh, SMU, uh, I think would be a, a decent pickup in the first round if he drops back to us that far. Um, and then I also think we've been talking about this uh, for free agency. We need to target a linebacker uh, for sure. And there is a guy on the NFC Championship Eagles team who is going to be free agent next year. His name is uh, Nigel Broadham. Or, uh, right, Broadham? Yeah, I, I think I'm saying his last name, right? Uh, I think so. he. Yeah, yeah. What 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 Mark said. I think Mark got it. Um, but uh, uh, he's been having a fantastic year uh, for for the Eagles, and he might have a, a Super Bowl ring coming in uh, to free agency as well. And I, he's a veteran guy who I think can help out this team at the very least with depth. So um, I, I think that we'd have to pay him pretty good money though, because he's going to be a hot commodity. But uh, if, if we can lure him into the championship um, pitch that Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis can do. Uh, then I think we might be able to get him. He'd be a really nice pickup for us. Um, what do you think, Charlie? Give, give me give me a couple guys we might be able to target in uh, the draft um, and free agency. But I think I think the team is desperately in need of a tight end. Something tells me that uh, that Fleener is probably one of those post June one cuts that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did he did have a, an okay beginning of this season, and there were times, especially in that Redskins game, where he really balled out. But something yeah. tells me that we might be moving on from him. And if we don't, we don't. You know, hopefully he can bounce back from his concussion. But I think tight end is a huge need. And in free agency, I'd really like to get our hands on Trey Burton from the Eagles. Yeah. Um. You know, he's their like third tight end, and it seems like every time he's in the game, he's catching touchdown passes. And I think he's the perfect fit for our system. How we use our tight ends going up the seam. I think he would I think he would be a perfect fit here. Although the draft is also looking good for 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 tight ends too. So if if we don't land him, uh, then I can see us getting one in the draft. And then I still think linebacker is a need. Um, you know, we we talked about how Teo stepped in and all that. And I do think Anzalone. I think out of our entire linebacking core, he is the most athletic and has the most upside. He right. just um, you know he's got the injury history with his shoulder. And, you know, that goes back to uh, his college days. But if he can come back, I, I still think linebacker is the biggest one. So if, if something were to happen and Rokon Smith out of uh, Georgia were to fall to us, um, that would be cool. <laughs> because we obviously – we signed um, – we had already signed Teo and we had already signed Klein. And we were on the board there at 32 thinking we were going to draft Reuben Foster. So I think yeah. the team knows that we need a linebacker. So someone like him – but 27, I don't know. If, I don't think he's going to last that long. But my biggest, my two biggest needs are tight end and linebacker. With, um, you know, that's like one A on offense and one A on defense, and then one B on offense would be wide receiver, and then one B on defense would be uh, edge rusher because I'm, you know, still leery of Okafor's uh, uh, Achilles. And T-Rex, I'm not sure how much more of a of a pass rusher he can really become. And honestly, I didn't see anything out of Muhammad that I thought I would see. Right. So I, I really, you know, that's another need that fa- us fans have been screaming about for the last, like, three years. But middle linebacker, we need Jonathan Vilma back on our team. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Anybody I, else, Mark? And I know, Mark, we're – 
Tyler and I are in a group chat with you, a pretty big group chat where, where we've been doing uh, a bunch of Saints fans have been doing mock drafts, and we each pick a team. Right. A lot of quarterbacks coming off the board for in, in our draft. Obviously, the Saints don't need that, but that might leave some room for really good linebackers or tight ends, wide receivers to fall to them. Who, who, who do you think the Saints should go at with, with 27? Realistically um, speaking. It, it's so many. I, I really like uh, – I, I don't think Rukon Smith's realistic. I think he's going early, <laughs> to be honest. He, he's my guy, but I just don't think we, we'll get him at 27. If he falls to 12 to 15 somehow, go get him, Sean, if you want him. Um, but another person that's been moving up the board that I, I had at 27 that I really like is Tremaine Edmonds. But mm-hmm. he's steadily – like, I haven't seen him at 10 in some recent mock draft. Um, but he is a guy that, I, that I've, I've been liking. Um, I'm also with Charlie. I think we need a tight end and a receiver. Um, receiver-wise, I really like Anthony Miller out of Memphis. He's one of my uh, my early favorites for 27, depending on how the board falls. Or um, even tight end, Dallas, go, to, go there. Um, I really like him. And in free agency, I, obviously, I want Jarvis Landry with the rest of the Saints fans. <laughs> Come back I home. I really have a linebacker that I really, really want in free agency. Um, I'm not against signing one. But, uh, but linebacker, wide receiver, and tight end are, are to me, our, our biggest need. And edge rusher, there's not really one in yeah. in free agency. I mean, I could say uh, Lawrence out of Dallas, but there's no, no way yeah. he gets out of Dallas. He'll be franchise tagged at the very yeah. least, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. He'll be franchise tagged. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, what do you think? Uh, there is a I don't know if, I don't know if you're leaning towards receiver. There's a pretty big name on the market this free agency, and the hey, juice Jarvis Landry. Thing. Yeah, Mark. I want to say one thing that I forgot to mention. Let's hear I this. want Jimmy Graham back. Don't hang up on me. I know okay. some people don't like Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I want Jimmy back. That's that's my oh, name. I, I want. I do too. Me. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing Jimmy Graham back. Depends okay. on the price tag. I've, I've had, yeah, exactly. I've had I don't want to pay him a lot of money. He's right. thirty-one. He doesn't block. Um, he's he's got this weird sassy attitude. I know there's a lot of bad blood between him and the Saints. I mean, I try, I would love to see him dunking on goalposts for the Saints again. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that that ship is sailed, man. If he it, it hey, maybe it, it's a pipe dream. What, yeah, what you, hey, hey, we can all dream, man. What do you guys think of Jimmy Graham and Kobe Flaner together? Just a quick thought. That, that, that would never happen, unfortunately. IR. One of those two guys is going to Yeah, well, IR at least one of them is going to IR because yeah. they both are getting hurt on. <laughs> yeah, right. Super winning <laughs> general is, is what the Saints uh, training room is going to be <laughs> with, with those two tight ends. Jeez. They'd be funny over who'd be starting. <laughs> Jeez, man. Uh, uh, what, but, what, do, what do you think, though, Tyler? Who's on, who's um, on your radar? It's funny. Uh, I know we mentioned free agency. I'm actually more happy for the draft, but I'll mention a couple for both. I was writing them down as Mark was talking because I was afraid I was going to forget what I wanted to talk about. We're going to have another podcast after Hades, by the way, guys, um, uh, to you know talk about this more in depth. And obviously, Mark, Charlie, you guys are both obviously invited. We'd love to hear your opinions on that. But um, as far as that goes, for a free agency, uh, it's funny, Mark. You mentioned... Um, Jake White earlier. He's actually been pretty high on this guy, as am I. Uh, linebacker Zach Brown on uh, the yeah. Redskins. Uh, the Redskins is funny. Uh, I was listening to um, the Feet to Curse podcast. Apparently, uh, I guess they, I forget the situation, but they aren't on seeing eye to eye, the Redskins and Zach Brown right now. So if the Saints could pick him up, that'd be nice. 
And Jarvis Landry, I would love to see him. I'll bring him back to New Orleans. That'd be great. But as far as the draft goes, actually what's sweet about this, guys, because I'm trying to see if the players I like, if they end up getting picked at the end. I'll just mention a few. Tight end Gallus, uh, Dallas, Go, jer- go Dirt. I, I, I go there. Name. Yeah, there you go, man. Um, I like I like him. I think he'd be a really nice option for us. Offensive lineman Isaiah Wynn. I was, I was talking to a few people. He's been slowly climbing up the draft boards. And people are actually comparing him sort of to Ben Grubbs a bit, you know, who played for the Saints. But he's a big guy. He I swear he dominates every single snap. I would love to see him. I know I don't I don't know if Saints fans would exactly like seeing an offensive lineman taken, but I, I'm, a, I'm a guy who's pretty high on the board where you should always be pretty happy with a great offensive line. So that would be a good one for me. Linebacker-wise, uh, Rashawn Evans out of Alabama. I'd like mm-hmm. to see him. I'd also like to see Tremaine Edmonds. He'd be really nice. Uh, let's see. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick would be cool for a secondary. Yeah. And... He's gone really early, though. <laughs> Minka might go top five. Fitzpatrick may go top five. Bradley Chubb, though. I'd like to see that. Yeah, he might go top five, too. There's This is a pretty talented my... draft class. Last draft class was talented, too. This one, this one's pretty young. And I think Zach Brown was a Pro Bowler last year, too, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah the thing with Zach Brown is he's a he's your classic, like, inside linebacker in a 3-4. Right. I don't right. know. And he's not, like, like what we need is a middle linebacker. He's not going to man yeah, the middle. Yeah. Yeah, he, we need, like, a captain to, like, yeah. to be our quarterback of the defense. And he's kind of like a C-ball, hit-ball kind of guy. And, yeah. and, you know, I don't see him, you know, checking – Checking, making different calls and stuff like that, but he did lead the league in tackles last year. And wouldn't this be like his fourth team in four years or thirteen? Yeah, three years. Yeah, I've I've heard some things around here. Um, he's you know he's he's kind of a uh, a head case a little bit. Yeah, that's that's why I wasn't too interested in him. I kind of heard. But did lead the league in tackles. I mean, the dude can find the right. ball and hit it. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, okay. What were you doing? Oh, uh, I had Cortland Sutton and uh, Nigel Broadham from. Uh, oh, so I, I think that those would be good. But again, it's it's all about how much cap space are the Saints going to have after we retain whoever we're going to retain. Uh, I think we're we're in better shape than we have been in years past, which is really good. Um, and we have right. a bunch of really talented guys on rookie scale contracts. That's going to be yep. really valuable for these next few years. Uh, so we have more flexibility than usual. So I'm ex- I'm excited for this off season. Um, but let's jump into the final topic of this podcast. Uh, it's been fantastic to record this one. Been a lot of fun to reflect on the season and, and kind of take a sneak peek at 2018. Um, we'll start with Tyler, and then, and then we'll work our way over to Mark, then Charlie, then me. Be very vague with this because so much is going to happen between now and, and the start of the season and the end of the season. But it's going to be a way too early prediction for the Saints. You can give me a record. You can tell me whether you think they're going to win the division. Be be as vague as 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 you have you know processed so far for the team. What mm-hmm. give me any any prediction you have for the team? Mark this down, folks. The Saints will go at least eight and eight, at least. <laughs> there you go. You want me? Yeah. Where's the Where's the boo sound effect? I'm getting that out for you. You deserve, <laughs> you deserve the boo. All of you, Jubilees gets a second. No. Tyler has low standard, man. Yeah, I, I don't want to be like I don't want to be the guy that says thirteen and three. So when they end up going ten and six, I'm disappointed because <laughs> I was wrong. I want to be the guy that's like, oh, they actually exceed my expectations. So, <laughs> but yeah, they will at least make five hundred. That's my thing. No more seven and nine. Not for the Saints. 
All right, Mark. Um, I'm scared to throw a record prediction. I, I can't remember what two divisions we're playing next year. Do any of y'all remember? Uh, all- AFC uh, North. Yeah, it's definitely AFC, AFC North. NFC East. Yeah, yeah, because we're playing the Cowboys and the Eagles and and yeah, 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 yeah. 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 AFC North, NFC East with the Rams. Mm. And wait, who's the other team? It's the Rams and I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, Rams and Minnesota. And then the Vikings. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Revenge game. A lot of playoff playoff teams on this schedule coming up. And and that's what I I mean. That's a tough schedule just by, you know, just about that. So I'm going to go. With a with a, a a low of of nine and seven, that, okay. that's why I'm going to stop it. Nine and seven to twelve and four. I don't, I don't have the exact. That schedule's brutal from from yeah. just the south. Not to mention right our the own division we play in. Yeah, already tough. That's a tough schedule. All right, Charlie. Give, uh, Saints are going to go eleven and five again. Okay, I like yeah. it. Okay. I like it. Can who do you think are do you, do you see any losses you think are apparent? Um. Or do you think? Or do you think the Saints have a chance to win every single one of those games? Obviously, I think we have a early, chance but... to win every single one of these games. We okay. have a chance to win every. There's. I don't think there's a team in the NFL that the Saints can't beat. Honestly, I, I, I agree. really. I think. I um, agree. Now I'll Question, say. On the uh, Pittsburgh, or is it at home? We're, we're home. playing Pittsburgh at home. Okay. Um, I would love to go through that game. Now a couple of games that do worry that do worry me as far as weather. Although we've proven that we can play in the cold. Mm-hmm. Um, the Giants. Yeah. The Ra- uh, The uh, Ravens. Ravens will be the tough. Bengals are all road games, which could all be brutally cold games. But I think we could pack a punch on a road game. Um, uh, I think it's a tough schedule, but we get the Rams and we get the Steelers at home and we get the Redskins at home again and we get the Eagles at home. I mean, those are all really tough yeah. games, but we yeah. get them at home. Then that makes me feel a lot better. I think, um, you know, especially when you catch these teams, what part of the season you catch these teams. But I, I think right. the Saints will go 11 and five again, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think the Saints are going to win Super Bowl next year. I, I hope so. I just think that this team is too, it's too good. Uh, to not be in that conversation, and we're and we're we were winning this past year with first and second year guys yeah. basically doing it all outside of Drew Brees, Cam Jordan, and Mark Ingram. Yeah, well, if we, we have yeah, if we have a draft this year in the ballpark of of, of last year's draft, mm-hmm. that, that's going to be yeah. a big boost right there. No yep. second round pick though, so that's going to be tricky. Yeah. We could make it happen. We could, oh, we could, but it's going to be tricky. But we could, we can make a second round pick happen for sure. Either we're going to move into the second round, or we're going to have another third round. Yeah, pick. yeah, yeah. Hey, or you I know what? If there's no one right there at 27 that we love, move back. Yeah, yeah. trade right. that back. I got a dollar to bet all of y'all that we play Minnesota week one. Oh my gosh! The Again, on, on two years in a row. On, just, it's yeah, gonna be a prime time game. It's gonna be a prime time game. No, or no? Are we home or away? That's an away game for I us. So I, yeah. that's lame. Man, I, I can just feel that the NFL made that happen. Yeah, like I, I just, you know, the way that that ended, I, I just see it, man. Roger Goodell just screaming his pants at his see, desk, thinking about this game in prime time. I could see it be the Eagles. One. I could see it be the Steelers. I could see if it's a if, uh, we're, if we're operating under the premise. That this is a prime time game. Yeah, I could right. see it being. We're gonna get a lot more this year. 
Hopefully. Yeah, we got so yeah. Oh, disrespect last year. Hopefully yeah. we get a home Thursday night game for good. Seriously. That's, that's but, but look, I love the 12 o'clock game. I do. Me too. <laughs> I would like if every game that we had was I, – I mean, I hate Monday Night Football. I mean, I love it, but I hate staying up late, watching games. Oh. Well, it's late I for you guys. It's convenient. Oh, yeah. it's convenient for us over at the West Coast because those games start at, like right as we're getting off work around like 530 yeah. is when it starts for us. So, yeah, that's that's why I feel bad for you guys because Eastern time, your guys' game doesn't start till 830, and it's over by the next day for you guys pretty much. So that's it's good. tough. How about our UK fans, dude? Our UK fans, well, well, they'll either go to bed early. I was talking to them. They'll either go to bed early and wake up at like three in the morning, mm-hmm. <laughs> or they'll just stay up all night and yeah. they'll they'll they will watch every game. They never miss. I never, I never thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They're like, you'll, hey, you'll... shut up, complaining about this, complaining about that. <laughs> yeah. we watch the Saints at three o'clock in the morning and we don't care. Like sometimes you'll see, sometimes you'll see them tweet like, just woke up and saw the Saints score. Oh, and I'm like, oh man, that's that's wild. <laughs> Imagine being asleep while your favorite team is playing. That that's gotta suck. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I, I would rip my hair out. Never, um, ever. I hate the three o'clock games, though, man. Hate them. Hate them. Like at twelve o'clock, you get to get up, you know, do what you got to do, and then, by, like, you know, twelve o'clock comes so fast, it's game time. Yeah. Uh, those three o'clock games, you got to wake up. Some people are already drunk by the time the game. Starts. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's yeah. the thing for me too. Noon for you guys is noon Central time and New Orleans time, and then it's one Eastern time for you guys. It's 10 a.m. my time. I don't want to wake up that early on a Sunday. I got to wake up at <laughs> yeah. 9.30 in the morning to what? Come on. But, you know, it's, it's worth it in the long run for sure. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. Get rid of time zones. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody on the same time. Everyone on the same time. If you happen to live in Oregon, that's just what the day yeah. looks like when it's 5 o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. As far as my prediction, I, I, I'm staying in your guys' general area. I think I'm going to agree with Charlie with the 11-5 and record. That's what I'm going to put on right now for the team. Um, possibility of, of being better. Uh, and I, I, don't see, I don't see them going anywhere below, I think, like Mark said, 9-7. and seven. I think that, that might be the ceiling. But really tough schedule. Drafting is going to be important, but not as important as, as in the past just because of how great this draft class was. Uh, the leadership that we have, the coaching staff, for the most part, is going to stay the same. During the season, we all said, "Hey, Dennis Allen's going to be getting a lot of phone calls for head coaching jobs." Not, not that's not going to happen. So we're going to retire, which which is ends up going to be good for us because you know, even though he he made mistakes in the season, he was he showed that he can be a good coordinator in terms of the personnel packages he puts in and some of the play calling. So, um, and I think that's also good to retain him. And obviously you want consistency in the coaching staff and who the players show up to play for every day is, is important. So uh, it, we're in really good hands. We're in a really good state uh, yeah. currently for the team. So 11 and five, uh, I want to go with Charlie. I want to say that I, I almost want to guarantee Super Bowl win just because I love, nah. being, I love being, I know you're not guaranteeing it. I almost want to guarantee yeah. it because I love being optimistic like that, yeah. but what's I mean, about, about calling the Super Bowl, is that the Eagles will be better next yeah. year than they are right now. I know. The NFC ended so up the, the, the NFC is going to be amazing yeah. next year. The yeah, Eagles are going to be better because Carson Wentz is coming back. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Zeke Elliott is coming back. The yeah. NFC, the Vikings I, and you know what? That's why I look at this schedule, and I'm like, okay, it's tough, but if you want to win the Super Bowl, you got to beat these teams. Yeah, I know. Right? And it all has playoff implications during the regular season. You know, like – 
we're going to play the Cowboys and the Eagles, and those two teams are going to be a lot better next year than they were this year. And if you want to get to the Super Bowl, at some point you're going to have to beat teams like that. So bring them on. The yeah. Vikings yeah. bring them on. Quarterback possibly too. Yep. Yeah. I hope we blow the Vikings out of the water. I hope we just That's embarrass nice. them. Yeah, I mean, you know, they stole that game from us yeah. only to get, get yeah. shellacked in Come Philly. On. Come just on. Just deserves for them. Can can we be mad at Drew Brees for throwing the damn ball to Adam Thielen in the Pro Bowl? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least it was a touchdown, eh? Right? Yeah, right? Yeah, I guess that it's the only good thing about it. I know, that's true. That that's true. Worse. Now you're bringing publicity to it. Man, <laughs> man. Yeah. That was bad. I wasn't going to mention that, but that is so ironic that that <laughs> happened. At least it wasn't Stefan Diggs, huh? At least it wasn't Diggs. Yeah, that, that would have been weird. He's, he still doesn't have his helmet on. He can't find his helmet still. He doesn't know where that's at. <laughs> But, um, man, I, I, we covered it all. Great podcast. Looking back at, at the season that was. Uh, flew, again, that. another NFL season just kind of flew by, even though it was filled with so many emotions and so many ups and downs. It's still, we, I wish it was here again. I wish tomorrow we could wake up and say, hey, Saints are playing uh, in a couple of days uh, on Sunday. We're going to have to wait some time, but obviously in between we're going to have a lot of draft talk. We're going to have a lot of free agency talk. We're going to have a lot yep. of training camp talk. Charlie and Mark are obviously going to be on the show multiple times in the future, including in, in a few weeks when we start back up again with some um, 2018 NFL draft talk. So, uh, guys, thank you so much, Mark and Charlie, for coming on the show. Mark, I'll start with you. Go and just plug away your social media where people can find you uh, and, and what you're up to. I appreciate it, uh, Dayton and Tyler, for you know, having time, dude. Uh, look forward to being back uh, sometime soon or whatever, whenever we get something together to talk about. Uh, you guys can follow me at m underscore george five on uh, on Twitter. Um, right now, we're still working on we're working on a mock draft. Uh, Dayton and Tyler are in it. Um, we're gonna um, get that out sooner or later. We kind of feel everybody took a break after the, the Saints. Uh, yeah, Saints, <laughs> the Saints. The Saints we didn't quite feel um, up to it. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get back on that, and we hope to publish um, a, a couple be- <clears throat> a couple before. The actual draft, um, and Charlie, we'd like to, uh, you know, get you, get you into yeah. that. You, Charlie's you, asking things yeah. to spew out. Sounds good. Yeah. But that's all I got. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you go to follow, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again, guys. It was fun this year doing podcasts. Yeah. It's fun to just sit around and just just talk about the scenes. I mean, especially mm-hmm. where I live. I mean, I live actually. Mark, you're the only one who's lucky enough to live down there. I live in Maryland. Dayton's out in uh, Oregon. Yeah. Um, Tyler's almost in Canada. So it's like you're, <laughs> you're like it's you know you're almost talking to my, to the wall about the Saints. It's fun to get on here and talk about the Saints. And, yeah. And really study them throughout the week and just get get smarter and actually have good conversations about the Saints. And uh, my I'm still. At St. Charlie, um, that'll be my – and you don't have to worry about me going ballistic on Sundays anymore, so you don't, you can un- – <laughs> Still mad three days later. Still mad four days later. Oh Which game God. was well, that? Yeah. Which game was that? That was a Falcons game. That was a Falcons game. Well, that was a Falcons game. Yeah. yeah, I went a full 10 days. Every way, Still pissed. Every morning it was <laughs> I tweeted an explicative with the Falcons included in that. Yeah. And, because that game, I mean, uh, it's so annoying. You know what? It's amazing how that the the Vikings game almost took that anger of the the that earlier Falcons game out. I mean, mm-hmm. even it after did. we beat them again, I was still mad about that game. Yeah, Vikings lost was even worse. <laughs> it's just those those games that you lose in a bad way, like yeah. throwing a yeah. pick at the stone. You know how bad that shit hurts. Yeah. 
mean, we yeah. lose two games last year on the road against divisional opponents with having three interceptions. Mm. Right, just yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a Saints thing to do, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was at that Bucks game in Tampa, and it was like, I thought for sure we were going to win. I'm not losing oh, yeah. to the Bucks. Charlie, you just made me realize something. We had three interception games versus each of our uh, each of the each team in the division. Yeah, to at least one time. Well, at least one time. Yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize that yeah. until you just. Yeah. Yep. And we lost. We lost two of those games, man. Yeah, I realized that part too. That is such a Saints <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for coming on. Feel free to go if you want to stick around for the outro doesn't matter yeah. we're gonna pass it off to tyler for the uh for the world famous outro man it's all yours okay for uh first make sure guys uh before you follow the who that this podcast make sure to hit the sean payton <laughs> there we go okay. there you go some more Aaron. that's a shout out enough to you, of that yeah, I, I had to fill that <laughs> in the first but thank you guys so much for tuning thank you guys charlie mark for tuning you guys make this so much better for us you know, as Saints fans, we love conversing. We love telling the world why our team is the best team. We we got too lazy, so we decided not to make it to the Super Bowl next next year. We'll get off our feet and we'll make it next year. Don't worry. But um, so make sure to follow us on Twitter for all that good stuff: the polls, the questions, the answers, the new info, the updates, the guests. Follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. Dan and I both run it. We post different stuff all the time. It's great. Make sure to check out Who That Dish itself. They have a Facebook page. Make sure to check that out because that's where we run through Who That Dish. Make sure to check out the Who That Dish podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and YouTube, and practically everywhere else. And make sure to follow my good man, Dayton Brown, over there at Dayton underscore Brown underscore, and follow me at Raymond Tyler M. And yeah, that's it. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Well, yeah. we love you guys. So we wanted to thank uh, each and every one of the guests that came onto the show as well during the season. Our our, our first yeah. season yeah. doing the podcast was a lot of fun. I, I can't believe it, it's already coming to an end for the first season. But uh, hopefully next week we'll have a uh, another show with Christian Catanacci of Catch the Blitz, uh, which you guys can follow yeah. him on Instagram. He has a new uh, podcast that he actually streams live through a really nice-looking studio up there in Toronto, uh, downtown Toronto, to be to be exact. It looks really yeah. nice. But uh, hopefully awesome. he'll be on the show next week to help us preview a little bit of the draft. We'll be going outside of the – just talking about the Saints. We're, we're going to cover the NFL a little bit more uh, in that podcast. And then uh, we're going to take a break and uh, come back uh, sometime in late February, early March, to start talking about the draft and the combine and free agency and whatnot. So uh, be sure to look out for that, guys. Uh, again, thank you so much. Thanks to Mark and Charlie you, again for coming on to this this great episode. Um, we will talk to you guys soon, hopefully next week. Again, follow us everywhere where Tyler said. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. And who dat? Who dat? <laughs>